Welcome to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast. I hope you're all well and having a good week so far. So this week I'm going to be disciplined and I'm actually going to start out with uh, some content from our podcast event promotion group, which we've set. I set it up ages ago. And me being the slightly absent-minded person that I am, I do keep forgetting to mention the posts that people are putting in that group. So. I'm going to go back quite a while, actually. I'm going to go back to some posts dating back as far as May the 6th. But the content is still relevant, so that's all okay. Um, so we're starting off with a post from Mr. Gary Henshaw, who has jumped on the group to let everybody know that on the 2nd of June, he's going to be running an accredited Level 3 Safeguarding of Children and Vulnerable Adults course at the White Tiger Kickboxing Academy in Nottingham. He says on the post that the course is fully accredited with the NUCO. I'm guessing you say it like that because NUCO. Well, maybe you do say it like, say it like that. I don't know. But NUCO. I'll say it like that. It sounds a little bit more official. Um, the course is for anyone over the age of 18 and costs £50 per person. And he says he usually charges £75. So it's just be nice. It's like a nice person's discount. Um, if you if you uh, go to actually, what I'll do is I'll put the link for the event in the show notes so you can go check it out there. But um, this one actually ties in nicely with uh, you know some of the stuff that we're going to be talking about today in the interview that's going to be coming up, uh, as well as some of the future episodes we've got. So yeah, this, uh, as well as tying in, you know, it, it is really is something that as martial arts instructors um, and you know people involved in any shape or form with kids within martial arts, it's definitely definitely worth going along and doing. Obviously, as well uh, the vulnerable adults side as well. Um, the next post is from Mr. David Jenkins, who's posted on uh, the group, just to let everybody know that they are doing... Uh, this was actually as part of Deaf Awareness Week, which is going back earlier in the month. Um, but it's just letting everybody know that the, the BKC are currently running a scheme. I'm um, just reading through it here. It says the BKC, which is a British Kickboxing Council, and the UK Deaf Sport... UK Deaf Sports, yeah, that's right, are delighted to announce the start of a new and exciting partnership focused on making the sport more accessible and inclusive place for the deaf community. Um, and then there's some information about how you can get involved. But this looks like a really, really cool scheme, and it's actually something I'm interested in, in you know, finding out a little bit more about myself as well. So do go again. I'll put the details in the show notes, and I'll actually put them uh, on the Facebook group as well, so people can go and check them out there. Um, the next one is from Gary Henshaw again himself. He's back. Um, although, to be fair to him, he did leave it best part of a month between his posts. Um, he's going to be running an emergency first aid at work course. Um, this is going to be again at the same location in Nottingham, the White Tiger Kickboxing uh, Academy in Nottingham. Uh, £50 a person again, and he just says, you know, to contact him if you want any more information. So that's on Sunday, the 26th of May. Um, again, if you're a martial arts instructor, you, you know, it's definitely something you need to be doing. Obviously, you need to be having your first aid certificate up to date. Um, absolutely, you know, a, a minimum must if you're running a, a school, be it full-time or otherwise. So, on to some other bits. Now, I'm actually going to spread this out a little bit. I'll do this a little bit 
sort of before we go to our interview and and obviously with our chat with Matthew Chapman later on. Uh, oh, by the way, we're going to be chatting to a, a guy by the name of um, Daniel Barfoot later on. Um, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it till the, the interview to talk completely about what it is that we're going to be chatting about. But um, definitely an interesting one, and, and one uh, you know, if you're again, if you're a martial arts instructor or anybody involved working with kids involved in martial arts, it's, it's one for you to check out and, and listen to. Um, now, I'm just, I've made some notes today so that I'll actually remember things to say. <laughs> um, obviously, one thing I will say is the Martial Arts Promotion uh, group that I was just reading from there with the news bits, um, please do please do make use of it. I know I've been a bit slack in remembering to read things off there, but um, you know, do make use of it. Post your stuff in there. And uh, if nothing else, the other people that are in the group see it. So it's it's a bulletin board for the 160-something people that are already on there posting their events. Um, as many of you will have probably seen, uh, I am going to be holding what is being referred to as a Kaizen Super Seminar at the, the Kaizen Show itself. Uh, what this is, and now normally the way it works, and this is the way I've I've taken part in the previous years, is um, you know people pay to get into the event, and then there's a whole host of different instructors teaching, usually sort of about half an hour to forty five minutes each in their their chosen arts, um, and you know you can then go around and and, and train with the different people. Now, what Lucha, the organizer, has done this year is he's decided decided to host some super seminars, which are um, in the case of mine, we're looking at sort of an hour and a half to two hours for the workshop, um, which means we can go into things in in more depth. So, you know, a, a, a group of people expressed an interest in getting involved with with my workshops away from Kaizen, and obviously due to the various logistics, distance, and all that sort of thing, we never quite managed to work it out. So, this is a really good opportunity. You know, if you're coming along to Kaizen anyway, and you are keen on training in my workshop for longer. You know, you're going to be able to do sort of 90 minutes to two hours with me and still be able to to train in all the other workshops that are either before or after. Um, now, the, the crazy deal with this is the, the ticket is actually uh, 20 quid. So, you know, you get to take part in my super seminar for the price of 20 quid and then the rest of Kaizen costs you absolutely nothing extra. So uh, for 20 quid, you get into Kaizen, which I believe is the price anyway, um, but you get to do my super seminar and do the rest of the show as well, so that's a pretty awesome deal, uh, Lucci's been really cool in getting this organised, if you're wanting a space on, on my seminar, uh, if you contact me direct, I will also put links in the show notes to how you can pay, um, originally I had a PayPal link and then some people said they didn't like PayPal, which I kind of get, um, so what I actually did was set up a uh, bank payment, sort of card payment link, so that you can pay direct into my own school's payment system via GoCardless. Uh, so it'll process it through as if you were one of my students at my school as a one-off payment. So you won't be put onto like a membership or anything silly like that. It's, it's literally a, a one-time payment. You know, and I understand people find those systems more secure than PayPal. So it's, it's either or really, whichever one you want to use. But yeah, you can check out the details in the show notes or jump onto the Facebook group. Um, today, I actually have been over at the... Uh, World Taekwondo Championships in in Manchester at the Manchester Arena. Now, I, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, I started out in the World Taekwondo, or the World Taekwondo Federation, as it was known back then. 
It was sort of like my my root art, my root system that I started out in. I don't train in it anymore um, officially as such, but you know it was nice to go back and and, and sort of reminisce as it was. But obviously, uh, the sport as such has moved on a massive amount since then, and I was blown away by the scale of it. It was absolutely huge. It, it, joking aside, it literally looked like the scene from uh, the end of Karate Kid, you know, and the massive. Um, competition sequence where it, it was just huge, absolutely huge. Obviously, nobody was crane kicking or anything, but you know, you get the point. And they even had like the oxygen shaped areas as well. So yeah, I spent the day there. I got to see some of the the Team GB guys as well and ladies uh, fighting, which was which is really cool. Um, so I just thought I'd share that one with you, a little bit of what I've been up to today. Um, ah, now here's a cool one for you. Now I'm actually going to bring this up. I believe. Uh, right, well, I'll just say this much. I've uh, teamed up with the guys at the um, Art Marshall um, clothing group. They produce these really nice T-shirts. And uh, what we've what we've worked out is we're going to have a promo code um, so you guys can get a really, a really cool discount from their shops. So if you've seen any of their stuff before, it, it's, it's like martial arts clothing for martial artists, which that might sound obvious, but, you know, typically martial arts clothes tend to be kind of very sport-looking and, you know, um, like style logos on them and stuff. Well, what they've done is they've designed the, the, the clothing to be sort of stuff you could wear, you know, casual wear, um, but with a martial arts theme that anyone sort of involved in martial arts will see it and go, oh, that's cool. And they'll, they'll sort of, so you can, you know, connect in with other martial artists when you're out and about. So, you know, do do go check their, their stuff out. I'm just going to have a quick tap into Facebook now whilst I'm saying this. Ever the professional. You know, I'm always doing this. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, and inevitably about 5,000 things come up. I, they definitely do have a, mar- uh, a sorry, a, um, a Facebook group. I just, off the top of my head, can't remember <laughs> the name of it. I'm just going to look up the chap's name. Uh, so uh, the person I've been speak- speaking with is uh, a guy called Matt Marco. Um, I'm just going to look on there. Yeah, Art Martial Clothing. That's the name of the group. So uh, if you if you search for Art Martial Clothing. Now, Art Martial is actually all one word um, on their, their Facebook group. And you can go on there and you can see all the cool stuff that they do, all the different artwork. They've got some really nice sort of film-based themes as, as well, um, some of the designs that they do. But yeah, rather than rather than just listening to me waffle, go, go check it out. Um, there is also a promo code as well, which is CJ19. And it's a unique code just for listeners of, of Kickback with Chris and Martial Arts podcast. And that will actually save you 10% on your order. So... Um, that's pretty pretty cool deal that so go along check it all out and uh, get get shopping <laughs> so the next thing is on my list and i've just got to go back onto my list here my old man brain now i need to make lists for everything um yes the southwest show so uh, as i've been as i mentioned a couple of times the the upcoming southwest show um well southwest martial arts and well-being show i think that's right i think that's the full title um, I'm going to be down there now, and as, I me- as I've mentioned before, I think I've mentioned this on the previous podcast, I think it was actually on the previous one, if memory serves, um, I'm going to be doing a workshop alongside uh, Zara Fithian, um, I'm going to be working with Mark Strange, I'm just trying to remember who it is, and with Thomas Dodd. My goodness, my memory is horrific tonight. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be joining in with these three guys, and we're going to be doing a, a, a joint sort of martial arts action-based workshop, so... 
uh, anything sort of movie related you can think of with martial arts we're going to be trying to cover it in in that session we did this at the martial arts show a couple of weeks back and it was absolutely brilliant fun um, so we thought we'd you know we'd team up and and, and have another go at it uh, this this time around as well at the uh, the southwest show um also it's john wick three week I've been so excited about this um, coming out. You know, John Wick Three is is being on on my list of, of must see movies in the in the next week or so. Uh, I'm sure those of you that have seen John Wick Two, John Wick One as well, will know exactly why I'm so super excited about seeing this. And um, from the people I know that have seen it so far, have told me that it is by far the best one so far. And that the action is like on a, on another level compared to the previous two films, which is in itself absolutely nuts to believe. Um, and and to add to it all as well, the fact that Keanu Reeves, from what I've heard, is just the really top bloke. And um, you know, and, and the fact that he's doing a lot of this stuff himself. If you've seen any of the things on social media, the fact that he's putting the time that he's put into it. At, I think he's fifty five now, which is by no means like an, an old bloke sort of age but it's still really really you know impressive to see him pushing himself to that level um in order to play the role so um go check it out at your at your local cinema if you've not seen john wick one or two yet you could probably just go and see three anyway um but i would recommend that you do watch one and two first um anybody that's seen the first two will know exactly what i'm saying by that you know you, you could just probably go in and see three and it would make no difference if you've not seen the first two. But, you know, just so that you don't miss out on all the gloriousness that is John Wick 1 and 2, go watch those ones first, and then go see part 3. So, what we're going to do now is we're going to jump straight into our interview with Mr. Daniel Barfoot. Um, real real fast, I actually did this interview um, a short time back here, and it's really, really good, interesting listen. And as I say, if you're uh, a martial arts instructor that works with kids, some of the content that we discuss in this this coming interview is really, really worth t- taking on board and having to think about. Um, you know, a bit more of a serious one, this one, than than some of the, the more recent uh, interviews that we've done, but, you know, still still as uh, engaging and as interesting. So, you know, do some good food for thought. So have a, have a good listen to this one, and then I'll catch you on the other side. Brought to you by www.mitmaster.com. Okay, guys, so joining me on the phone now, we have Mr. Daniel Barfoot. How are you doing today, sir? Very well. How are you? I'm great, thank you. I'm great, thank you. This is one of those cool situation interviews, whereas um, the podcast has given me an opportunity to sort of learn something new, learn about something that I didn't really know too much about before. Um, And Daniel actually reached out to me um, on Facebook, one of the the good things about social media, um, and that's brought us to today to this interview. So um, we're going to be talking a little bit today about, obviously, uh, Daniel's training and in particular about something cool that he's got going on called the Upgrade Training and Therapy Limited. Is that right? That's it. Yep, Upgrade Training. Perfect. So we'll be talking about that and a little bit about the work that they do um, and hopefully doing some learning at the same time. But if we could begin with, go back to the start with your martial arts training. and How how did you first get started? I was, how old was I? Oh, the first time I went, I was, I think I was five wow. and I cried the whole lesson and uh, <laughs> ran back to my mum and that didn't go again for another four years, I think. Um, okay. But then I went well, then I went back with my dad after that, uh, and I was doing karate at the time. Okay. Got up to brown belt, left for the laws of uh, teenage experience after yes. that, and then got back into kickboxing uh, 
I think I was 21, 22. Okay. Um, yeah. So, yeah, karate to, to kickboxing. Yeah. I think many of us can uh, relate to the, the teenage years, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the, the grass is greener, all the, 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 the different things. I, I, yeah. I did the same. I did the same. You know, I trained up until <laughs> I was about 12, 13 um and and then the cl- actually the club was closing as well uh mm. that that was happening but also back then you know the 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 law of being out on my bike and you know playing on the computer games and the, all this sort of thing because that was sort of for me that was sort of the dawn of like the 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 mega drive sort of era you know the computer games <laughs> so, sonic yeah, the hedgehog I mean, was coming to prevalence and uh that, yeah. that was uh arguably the greatest console of all time that was we could actually do a separate (laughs) podcast on that (laughs) Uh, yeah how long have you got (laughs) (laughs) cool but yeah you know and and it's it's really interesting now obviously the same sort of draws are there for kids but on a on a much much bigger scale um so you got back into training and say you were in your early 20s i i I think i was about 16 15 16 when i got back into it again properly oh, uh, so you were a couple of years off then yeah 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 i couldn't stay away from it i mean i know i was practicing in the garden kicking the trees and messing about yeah. and it was sort of the wrestling era as well so we were throwing everybody we're throwing each other <laughs> around on the school field being hulk hogan and and yeah, Brett I, and all that I stuff. may have gave i may have gave my younger brother brain damage during those years <laughs> <laughs> power bombing him on on a mattress it's as as one of those horrible um primary school mats you got yes. you know the little blue ones God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, i remember the, the the green ones with the um sort of crisscross oh yeah stuff the crisscross could... fabric-y thing yeah and you could pick it away at the bottom and, and then it was just literally just a layer and of cotton on the floor pick it away at the bottom. yeah oh god yeah. those things are savage what were they trying to protect us against there I don't know, but I, I don't know. Maybe they were. Maybe that was the point. Maybe it was more of like a a, a, a mental crutch than it was actually a physical aid to help us. <laughs> Which is why we're all so broken now. Oh, reminiscing. Yeah. So, so you got back into yeah. martial arts in your twenties, um, yeah. and it, was it was it something that you took you know seriously at that point? Then was it you know did you oh, think this is me? oh yeah, god yeah. I mean, a lot of um, a lot of the early years at karate was about. Uh, you know, following my dad's footsteps okay. and training when you don't want to, you know, at that age, oh God, again. And then dad's taking you to fight camps and uh, weekend away in Reading and you know, really taking it seriously. And then it just gets on top um, and I, nothing, I didn't want to do it after that. It was just too much. But then when I got to 21, um, just something clicked back on, okay. woke back up and uh, just jumped in head first train six days a week um the days i weren't training you know i was doing yoga at home keep loose you know but just couldn't get enough of it from there okay so you were saying obviously you were saying in your younger years um you were so you were competing back then as well yeah okay and they say it just uh, you often hear this don't you it just did it all just is it just everything built up and you didn't want to do it or was it was the one thing in particular that you remember that <sighs> Well, I'm a father of four, so I think about this a lot and mm-hmm. the balance between how much you push your kid and uh, how much you sit back. And yeah. I'm convinced there's a Goldilocks zone in there, yeah. um, the way you get the, the best out of him. But I'd love my dad, but he really, you know, because I was, I was fighting a lot, you know, every other weekend at tournaments and things, and I was doing quite well. And so it was just, 
the work ethic was just, you know, all in, all in, all in. And yeah. when you get to 13, 14, whatever, start getting lazy and you think, oh, I, I can choose not to put in this amount of work. And when you've got that choice, it's easier to 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 move away and drink cider in the park. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, it, you're right, it, it's, it's, it's difficult to know because, I mean, my is, my daughter, yeah. for example, now she's she's, she's eight, um, mm-hmm. and she's at the minute she's training in gymnastics. I've talked about this on the show before, and she's doing. Oh, my well, little girl's eight training gymnastics as well. Yeah, she's doing. I think we worked it out. She's doing something like fifteen hours a week at the moment, and she's there yeah. every day, bar a Sunday, and she competes on Sunday sometimes. And and mm. you can see sometimes the look in the parents' eyes, like, oh, you know, you're pushing her to do. This. But the honest truth of it is, is she wants to be there that often yeah. um, but I do often worry you know is it is it too much but how is it how it's difficult isn't it what is too much um, but that's the thing isn't it is um if they want to do it absolutely but mm. it's for me it's it's when they're saying no I don't want to go today because my little girl does jujitsu um kickboxing and, and gymnastics and so mm. because she does so much it's a little bit more leeway. If she says, no, I'm not feeling it tonight, then I'll, I'll let her off a bit. But my son, for example, who's extremely good, um, got up to one before his, his brown belt in kickboxing, was winning gold medals. And then just one day, just, no, I don't want to do it anymore. So I kept pushing, kept pushing, um, and then sort of started to sound like my dad. Mm. And so I pulled back a bit. Um uh, but then said, OK, well, if you're not doing kickboxing anymore, I want you doing some sort of martial arts, obviously self-protection, discipline. Um, and then he went into jujitsu. Um, and then same again. It's just sort of no, I don't, don't want to go tonight. And I, it's just hard to figure out how to how hard to push. Yes. So then you don't ruin it for him yes. um, in the future. But then again, I came back and I refound martial arts on my own terms and fell in love with it all over again. So. It's a tough one. It is. It's a difficult balance as well. And I, you know, as a as an instructor and obviously as a parent myself, you know, I have this conversation quite a lot. And it's it it it's you don't want to just you know the the first the first moment that the child says I don't want to go, you don't want to just straight away go okay that's fine because no, that can sure. breed that uh, oh well if I just say I don't want to go, I get out of doing things. And, and yeah. you see it, especially with the younger ones, I see it a lot. You know, the, the parent will ring up and say, oh, Jimmy's really struggling with his self-confidence. And then two weeks later, oh, Jimmy doesn't want to go anymore. Well, do you, uh-huh. would you would you like Jimmy to carry on training? Well, yeah, but, you know, but I can't make him. So, well, okay, why don't we bring Jimmy in? We'll perhaps have a chat. And, oh, no, no, I don't want to force him to do something he doesn't want to do. And I kind of, I'm thinking in the back of my head, oh, no. You know, we're com- mm. you, you, we're sort of you're starting off on this never-ending loop of every time. Yeah, Jimmy's Jimmy. Yeah. Every time Jimmy comes up against something difficult, what's he going to do? I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, it's it, it's Damn a it, difficult Jimmy. one. Yeah, it's a difficult one, and it's one that we're starting to see more and more as time's mm-hmm. going by. You know, um, yeah. But really th- this is probably something we could touch on a little bit later on as well with with your background as well. So yeah. Um, so you you got you got back into martial arts in your twenties, um, and then that, you say did you start to compete again immediately, or was it a little bit later I, on? I wanted to. If I'd had it my way, I would have jumped straight in the ring. Um, <laughs> but um, I think you know Matt Braybrook at Freestyle Combat Academy, didn't you? Okay. Yep. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, 
friend of Andy's, um, and he's obviously sort of put the brakes on me a little bit and said, well, let's let's train a couple of times first, eh? And so I said, yeah, that's a good point. So I, I started training yeah, six times a week as, as much as I could, and I was competing, uh, I think it was within six months of, in the ring, and then didn't stop for sort of five years. Wow. Until I, and, yeah, and then thought, okay, that's enough getting punched in the head. Let's figure out you know, how to become a better martial artist and stuff. Okay, and and then it, it, was it somewhere in that window that you began coaching again, or was it a little bit later? Down I was, the line? Um, yeah, I started coaching um, fairly quickly, in as much as assisting yeah. with the kids' classes and things, because um, I was a, I'm a teacher by trade. Um, All right, yeah, um, it's, it comes quite easily to me, and I was always involved in in kids' classes and primary school stuff and. So I had a, a an ability for it. So I jumped in nice and early. And then within a few years, I, I took it over and then grew the kids' class from there um, and then continued to coach whilst I was on fight camps and things. So I was competing and teaching at the same time, which personally I think is, is actually really useful, yeah. seeing things from a different perspective. It completely changes your game. You know, teach um, at the same time. It's almost you're getting a 360 view of it. So, yeah, I was, I was teaching and uh, competing at the same time. Wow. So, you know, um, with with the work as a school teacher, was that was that something that you wanted to do from early in life? Did you think that's something I want to get into, or was this later on, later on, sort of yeah. in the teens? Okay. I didn't have. I didn't really have much else I wanted to do. I okay. wanted to be. Uh, a teacher in something you know a mentor mm-hmm. mentor i was such a, a big ego i thought everybody needs to <laughs> be guided and then obviously that matured a bit as i grew older but yeah i was always gravitating well towards what it is now but yeah i i knew i was going to become a teacher and i didn't want to work that hard so i thought primary school was the perfect place to pitch it oh wow so you went in at primary then yeah yeah. Well, what, year groups were you, what year groups were you teaching? How oh, interesting. Yeah, well, you're a generalist. Again, it's it's the lazy man's route into teaching. So it's uh, <laughs> you're a generalist, so you can do anything from reception to key stage two, which is year six. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was, I, I was doing that for a few years. They're in high demand, aren't they? Um, you know, male teachers oh, at God, primary yeah. level. Uh, my uh, my wife, um, my wife, uh, she's actually Senko now, but she was a primary school teacher. She still does Ooh. teach as well uh, from time to time, and you know, she I, I always often you know hear her saying about how difficult it was for for to get male teachers at primary. Well, what do you think? It, what do yeah, you think it is crazy. about at that level that that you know, men generally don't want to to go into at primary level? God, that's a that's a huge. <laughs> I think um, I think a lot of it is well. Jeez, I don't want to get in trouble, but men look for prestige, don't they? And okay. uh, uh, I think, and there's not much. Well, I don't want to speak for people, but there's not no, a no, great deal of prestige in primary school teaching. I think I, I think it's perceived as more of a, which is not uh, correct, but I think it's perceived as more of like a nurturing mm. sort yes. of developmental role yes. rather than. You know, your, your edgy university lecturer that's going to change your life in a sentence, you know? Yeah, no, I, um, I, I know what you mean, exactly. So it's, it. it's not quite as uh, as sexy as 
other options in you know in education teaching mm. i think mm. so you say you did that for a, f- a few years then and was it was it during this period obviously because obviously you say you were, you were working as a teacher and you were you were coaching and you were training and competing yeah. was it a combination of all of those things that gave you the idea for what it is that you now do with the with the upgrade yeah. trainer yeah absolutely um i've got a, a horrible knack of trying to do 19 things at once yes and, i know um, that feeling <laughs> I always, uh, my wife tells me it's a, it's a nightmare. I've got to relax, but I remind her that my chaotic sort of uh, safety net building by doing everything and covering all my bases has, has come to this. So it worked out in the end, but yeah, it did. It, it all led me towards it because I was seeing the same patterns emerge. Um, mm. Like you were saying with little Jimmy, um, mm. you know, losing confidence you start to see these patterns emerge and things start to connect and the the teaching mentoring process is no different in a classroom than in a dojo. Yeah. Um, but the tools that you have and the, the freedom you have in a dojo um, to sort of express yourself in different ways is, is definitely different. So I started to connect those dots a bit. Okay, so could for for our listeners, obviously for myself as well, can you tell me uh, a little bit? Obviously, you've just explained the the process there a little bit about how you sort of took the step. But can you tell us a little bit about the idea behind upgrade training and, and what it is that um, I know it's a it's quite quite a large area that you cover, but essentially what it is that that you guys provide? Yeah, um, yeah. Well, after just just quickly after i went to teaching i went into specialist teaching so children's sure. homes social care um school refusers things like that and okay. that um going into every job that i went into i was always told um if this particular child is is unworkable so it's about containment or this particular child it absolutely will not write. So don't try and get them to write. Just try and get them to relax. And this child absolutely will reject anything to do with maths. And I never, I was never having that at all. And so I'd always go in and pay as much attention to to the individual as possible. Find out what it is that was making them tick, what it was that was holding them back, and then find a, an alternative way in, you know, rather than just sure. banging the same drum or smashing your head against the same wall so um so then i started to use what well what i think is important is always use your strength so i thought i could hold pads i know how to teach martial arts and i know kids love to hit things especially you know if their if their issue is anger yeah um so i started to put it together one of the first times upgrade really came about was um when i was working in a children's home and I had a small class of four kids um, with because their behaviour issues are such that that's pretty much all you can you could handle, um, and just work. But nobody was doing any work, so I just moved all the tables to the side, and I said, "Okay, let's let's learn how to fight instead." And it sort of caught them off guard a bit, mm. and we had a bit big space in the middle. I got the pads, I brought some gloves in, and before every day. Um, we would do three rounds on the pads each, build up a sweat, raise the heart rate, you know, build on skills, perfect yeah. skills, work through a syllabus. And then when they're panting and, you know, they're, 
their endorphins are high. We say, right, now we're ready to do work. And we'd sit down and we'd get tons more done academically. Wow. Um, just just because we started in a different way. Yeah. And I thought, well, this is because not every kid's going to like martial arts, but if you can um, sell it, you know, in a way, hmm. then it can be, it can get through to them a, a bit more. And even if it's just, okay, punching and kicking is not my thing. All right, we're going to move around. We're going to find another sport. You know, we're going to yeah. do something that's going to get you in the right frame of mind to learn. Absolutely, and it's a, it's a much, it's a very positive, positive start to the day as well, isn't it? I suppose you know, uh, definitely. You know, there's a lot of with 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 schooling. You know, we they go in, they they sit in lines in the same place every day. Yeah. And the teacher calls out their name, they put up the hand, or they say yes sir or yes whatever it is, and it, mm-hmm. it's that sort of very it's very regimental and very sort of it's all in lines isn't it and it's quite a, yeah. quite a negative but the idea of them going in and the first thing they're doing is whacking yeah. some pads it's... i know well we had the fr- we had the freedom to do it um so i thought why not do it you know if if you've got somebody looking over your shoulder all the time and and you know the the curriculum needs to be followed in this way maybe you don't have um that opportunity but when you're dealing with with children with you know severe developmental trauma you know mm. emotional dysregulation and things and you think well yeah you can you can shout and scream and tell me the way that things need to be done but they're not being done that's why they're here you know <laughs> like that way hasn't worked so let's mix it up and try something new and yeah, it's it, a, yeah. a physical it's, i suppose it's in a sense it's a, sort of, it's a physical and an emotional outlet right at the start yeah get it out of their system rather exactly. than being penned in and sat down uh, you know and yeah and you you'll know better than anybody you know once you start moving and sweating and you're moving in a group in a tribe almost all self-consciousness and fear seems to drip away for that for that moment mm. and you're you're a lot more open you're a lot more willing to take on experience and try new things and to smile at people and you look over and part of your tribe's sweating as much as you and you're all in it together whereas if you if you walk in and like in a school you're a teenager you're full of self-doubt and nerves and low self-esteem anyway and then you sit in and nothing's really happening and everyone's looking forward uh it's it's just not conducive to i don't think to a good learning environment Mm. but get Mm. everybody on side and on the same team and things change very quickly Cool. So is this something that you're running from a, a fixed base or or is it something that you're able to well, obviously as well as that take into schools and uh, and offer on a on yeah. a wider basis? Well, yeah. I mean, I don't have a fixed base um outside of the gym. Okay. And some some of my students will come to the gym and and take on sort of courses, you know, introduction to coaching courses or whatever. Sure. Um but they would be a lot more capable than the most. A lot of I work with young people who can't leave their house or their bedroom. You know, okay. their confidence is so low. Um, so I'll go to to the house. I'll go to directly to children's homes because the kids been chucked out of school so many times they can't be trusted on the grounds. You know, right. and that's special schools included. So sometimes I'll be working on school sites. Sometimes I'll be working in children's homes. So, yeah, wherever I need to go, basically. So I do a lot of traveling, a lot of miles. 
Wow. Um, so, you know, the, the what, what sort of what sort of differences do you see in the kids then when you you know when, when introducing the, the the martial arts ethos and training and the the physical? What, is it is it with some of them? Is it a very quick change or is it with with others? Is it more sort of progressive and it takes a little bit yeah. of time? But what what sort of things do you see? What sort of changes? What I've sort of impacts do they have? I've seen some massive massive changes, but it does all depend on how you um, measure it. Okay. So, for for example, if for five years, uh, you know, a young person's been spiraling down and down and down to the point where they won't leave their room, progress might look like a jog around a block. Yeah. You know, it, it might look like a couple of rounds on the pads, but then you've got um, uh, a young man who I dealt with in uh, in social care mm-hmm. who was being arrested at eleven. Um, moved from children's home to children's home because of behavioural issues um, and within uh, I worked with him for two years and he had a competitive boxing fight and won uh, he graded twice in kickboxing up to a yellow belt he mm. won an um, education award for his uh, county for wow. participation in school and it, it, yeah so it, it can range the, the effects can range from anywhere from you know that what would perceive be perceived as tiny mm. to i hope life changing yeah I, su- I suppose on on some level just being uh, well i say just it's not just but simply being a, a a consistent positive influence that that's stability for some so right. I, I yeah. suppose some of the, these kids just don't have stability and and yeah. just simply knowing that you'll be there every mm-hmm. week or you know however often it is um that that's a you know a, a positive start point for them i would i would assume it's that's so right um yeah. it is that consistency young people with emotional dysregulation one of their you know biggest issues um mostly are attachment disorders mm. and you know it's and sometimes the the way that young people will push a teacher away or a mentor away or even a social worker, a key worker, a parent, whatever, is because they have got so used to somebody saying, this is what we're going to do, them saying no, and then say, okay, I give up. And right. it, it gets, it, they get so used to it that that initial um, damage to their their attachment from whatever it may have came from from their past is just repeated and revisited and confirmed and it's just them sort of saying okay there you go yeah that's proved again and it's like a negative feedback loop where i don't feel wanted i'm going to reject this person that person rejects me back and then it's okay i see that and then it goes down a level down a level down a level down a level so you're absolutely right and when you say sometimes just a consistent figure consistent in timing consistent in effort consistent in treatment and you know consistent in planning as well to say this is what we're going to achieve this is what Mm. we're aiming towards and it's i often say to people um like especially young people with attachment and disorders emotional dysregulation things like that they're sort of steering their own chip in a storm because they don't think anybody else can steer it and it's chaotic and they're whipping this ship's wheel left and right and it's as a teacher and a mentor whether it's me or anyone else i think we've got a we've got a responsibility to find a way 
to calmly take that wheel back, steer it into calmer waters, and then mm. reintroduce the child back to the ship's wheel and say, look, this is where we learn how to to sail a ship. Not out there. That was a crazy, chaotic place to learn how to. Those, that storm will come back one day, but we're going to learn how to properly sail it on these waters first. But kids with attachment disorders and, and dysregulation, they're so reluctant to let go of that wheel because anybody that's tried to take it before has made a bigger pig's ear of it. Mm. So it's trust, consistency. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Okay, so with regards to, obviously, people like myself, martial arts instructors out there, I think it, it's fair to say that sometimes we can we can have these situations um, drop on our on our doorstep so to speak and it, it can be it can be scary and you, and you think well what, what what can i do what should i do you know what sort of advice would you have for um an instructor that you know might have one of these students come to them um and they think they're thinking well i want to help but you know what what yeah. can i do what what sort of advice would you give to them goodness um well i think if you're in that position First of all, if you're mm. if you're an experienced martial artist running classes, then you are a certain kind of person, um, yeah. and that certain kind of person is a nurturer, is a leader, um, you know, is intelligent enough to to recognise that in the first place and recognise the responsibility that comes along with it. Mm. Um, I think from any any leader in martial arts that I've ever come across, they have an innate understanding of their level of responsibility to people that come to them with those mm. issues um it's why we you know it's why we in, install discipline into our classes very early to say this is a because discipline creates a safe environment doesn't it and yes. a lot of these kids that that come do not feel safe at all anywhere ever and so if you you're almost creating a home away from home with a, a dojo to mm. say where I can't be involved in your whole life all the time. I'm not your parent. Um, it, it, but what I can provide is what I'll happily and benevolently almost provide to anybody that comes in, which is a, a safe space. I hate that phrase, but a safe environment to, to come into, feel safe with you, people. The only thing I need in return is your effort, your yeah. Um, and your trust so be, being a mentor I think and, and swallowing yourself whole because I've I've been guilty of this you know somebody comes because I try and separate my work with upgrade from my uh, coaching at FCA freestyle combat company mm. because if I'm constantly you know trying to save people and whatever and seeing it like some sort of savior like that then it's crazy and you, you'll melt from the inside out but if you treat it as i try to do professionally and and create distance and like i said say this is the same um yeah, I, rather than i can help you with this or i can help you with that let them work it out themselves you yeah know, in a place where they can good stuff it's um it's all very it's very interesting to me this in you know um it's something that i'm hoping that you know so instructors out there that are listening in now um I, I i i think you're right in saying that you know 
we do instructors do tend to um be people that are you know caring people that want to help mm-hmm. but i think sometimes you know that complacency can kick in and especially if you're full-time um you're doing it six days a week some days a week and you've been like i've been doing this now 20 years full-time i think we yeah, can sometimes right. lose lose sight uh, of the impact that we do have and the potential that we can yeah. have um and you know discussions like this are important because you know, um, I, you know, when you see, we'll say Jimmy again, you know, you see little yep. Jimmy, you see, him, Jimmy. You know, maybe you see him once a week. Um, and yep. maybe when Jimmy comes to your class, he's an absolute pain in the backside for an hour. But <laughs> that's maybe just Jimmy's way of having a little, uh, it's just sort of like the, he's relaxing, you know, mentally. Yeah. And he's just having that sort of outlet for that, yeah. for that hour. And I, I've had this said to me before, you know, and I've, I've had kids then they're an absolute pain and you think why are they here they they don't they don't <laughs> seem to enjoy it and then yeah, years down the line funny. you actually let you actually find out that it's the highlight of their week yeah um and you know it, we've, we've got to just keep sight of that and, and not yeah not that's that. that safe space thing i'm saying you <laughs> know like yeah what you're seeing i always think about this you know it's all <laughs> everything's relative mm. and with a lot of kids that i see either in the gym or, or with upgrade everything's relative and i'm i'm sure you're guilty of it too i end up beating myself up if i have anything less than an excellent session i'll come home and i'll whinge and whine to my wife for way too long and i'll beat myself up because i'm this could have done that and uh every now and again i remind myself that well you're seeing that version whereas the rest of it you know like you said that that's the the highlight of their week uh, but you only see them there and mm-hmm. you see other kids in the group who are the perfect students and they're, you know, quiet and disciplined. But you might look at the the rest of that kid's life if you ever got the opportunity and go, bloody hell, like this is this is not just where he's at his best. He's 10 times better here. And yeah. that will give you some perspective. So it, I think it is important as instructors to remind yourself of that so you don't you don't go too hard on yourself sometimes, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, this the, obviously all the things that you're explaining here, you know, um, I, I uh, relate to. I have a, um, an empathy for it, and I think it's super important. Um, yeah. Is this? Would you know? Would you like? I know this is going off on, off topic a little bit, but would yeah, you? But- would you like to see? Um, I don't know whether requirements the right word, um, but more sort of more sort of options for uh, presented for instructors people like myself to to learn more about this sort of thing to be able to incorporate it into what they offer um rather than just sort of stumbling over it by accident um, mm. yeah I, I personally i feel that it would be it would be good um for yeah. for there to be more options for training on a national level for instructors to you know even if it was a it's just a day course because i think as you were saying then uh, yeah. if, if instructors went Oh, maybe that is why Jimmy's playing up. Mm-hmm. I've never thought of it like that because it's it's really easy just to go, oh, Jimmy's naughty, he doesn't care. Whereas it's yeah. so much more complex than that. Obviously, as you will know more than myself, you know, it, it, there, there is much more to it. And it would be nice if there was something out there for instructors to sort of go, ah, you know, I can yeah, go yeah. and spend a day learning this sort of thing. Yeah. And I just wonder what your thoughts Absolutely. were on that. Well, yeah, that's um, an important part of personal development in there and yeah. and having an interest and and from a business point of view i, I guess knowing how to s- sort of look into the future as you've just done there and say there will be that one percent difference between a hundred clubs and what's gonna what's it gonna be that's gonna make uh my club 
better and mm. sort of more attuned than others. And doing something like that, um, which is training I provide um, as okay. well, and going in and, and, you know, teaching about emotional dysregulation and teaching about how, uh, you know, developmental trauma can manifest itself and and how that might be dealt with physically and through language uh, you know cbt type language mm. um i think that's the sort of thing that's really going to separate um uh, good gyms yeah from great gyms you know i mean it's and as well you know you see it a lot on posters and adverts the various different things that you know as instructors in schools we we, we say we we're there to help with um but yeah. sometimes you do wonder are they are they just buzzwords that they get people that are latching onto i think if mm. if if people took the time just to do a little bit i mean i like to read a lot so you know a lot of this stuff yeah. they'll take in through through reading but i think you know having some hands-on experience with people like yourself and you know in a, yeah. in, a, in, a in a course environment you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that would be so, so beneficial. So, so could, could people get in touch with yourself to arrange courses and that sort of thing? Or is this something? Yeah, that... absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I recently um, started a, a course, it sort of goes in, in reverse a little bit, but okay. um, helping to develop good study practice, um, retention of information and how to tackle school and behaviours in schools by using martial arts so I'm, I'm going into a couple of clubs and, and offering that service at the moment and then okay. there's the teaching the instructors about <laughs> emotional dysregulation and you know, about survival loops and uh, things of that nature and how that might come about so that's that they're the sort of two things i would offer martial arts club yeah. um but yeah absolutely i mean um you can grab us on facebook which is was it Facebook forward slash upgrade training and yep. therapy? I'll add the links uh, in for you. Yeah. And then you've got uh, the website, which is up hyphen grade training.org. Not upgrade training without the hyphen.org because then you end up going to some Californian DBT <laughs> place. I mean, go there if you want. I'm sure it's awesome. <laughs> for our American listeners out there, you can go there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, I mean, yeah, um, just a website, Facebook, really. Yeah, definitely. I think the potential with this going forward, I think, it, and it's it's a really important, it's a really important area of of I sort of so, elements yeah. of instructors. Absolutely is, and I think this would be it'd be nice as well on a on a on a obviously on a much more basic level with them being younger. But if this is the sort of thing that we could start introducing, you know, for our junior assistants, not not the really younger yeah. ones, but just you know, if it's if we start introducing it now, the next generation of instructors that are coming through. Will have a much more in-depth understanding and an idea of, of of what it is that they're doing and what they're dealing with, and that empathy uh, as well would be you're fantastic. You're absolutely right. The um the young lad that I told you about earlier with the um uh, education awards and a uh, successful boxing match, mm. he's actually doing a level two course through Upgrade for um junior coaching, and okay. uh, there's a lot within that package that teaches those things so you and i are very much on the same wavelength there that mm. if you're going to make real big changes then it it starts at the you know the new generation that's going to be coming through mm. and being able to to start those guys off with that point of view and that way of doing things yeah yeah you can i suppose you can you can teach an old dog a few new tricks but the younger <laughs> yeah. ones the younger ones will pick it up 
yeah. and, uh, and run with it, and it sticks with them, doesn't it, longer term exactly. as well? Exactly. So, um, what 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 the, what does the future hold? What plans do you have? Anything uh, in the pipeline that you you want to share, or um, that you you're hoping to do in the in the you know in the coming years? Yeah, I'm I'm currently um, recruiting more and more people. Um, for for sort of personal tutoring and things yeah. like that as as the individual courses the coaching awards um uh peer mentoring courses um the the courses that i take to gyms as we mentioned there as that sort of gets more and more the the one-to-one personal stuff i'm trying to to, to, to delegate to new to upgrade trained um uh tutors mm. so I'm, I'm just down here at southeast i'm working with more and more schools uh College Central, Ratton High School, uh, West Sussex County Councils, social good. So um, I've got enough to keep me busy, um, but there's more sort of courses yeah. um, being toured around in the future. Cool. Because could you see? Could you see this potentially one day being a national thing? Yeah, I ab- absolutely. Um, uh, obviously, there's gyms all over the place, yeah. and when you're to delivering the courses to the instructors and to the young people then then yeah i might just um wait and then just get to a point where i only work weekends and do a a tour around the uk but yeah yeah absolutely i do oh so so anybody out there that's interested that's listening now that thinks this might be something that they're you know uh, see a future in for themselves then they can get in touch and maybe have a chat about that and 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 see what's what or in or on the other side of things anybody that's involved in any you know, because I'm, I'm assuming that you know any sort of funding or help that you know people could pro- provide would be something that would be of use as well. Or you know, yeah. if you've got any other background in any other sector that you think could help with this, then you know I'm going to put all the links in the uh, show notes. So if anybody wants to get yeah. in touch with Daniel or anybody at uh, Upgrade, I'm sure they'd be happy to hear from you. If they did, yeah, I'll just pop over our <laughs> course packages um, just over Messenger or whatever it is. Fantastic. Well, thank you very right. much for your time today. That 40 minutes has absolutely flown by. Uh, yeah, and, pleasure. And um, yeah, it's always good to chat on, on this sort of thing. I think, as we've said before, we do share a lot of lot of similar ideas with this sort of thing. Yeah. And um, I think the more the more, the more more that this sort of topic is, is spoken about, the better. Uh, because yeah, I, I think as martial artists, we can sometimes be a little bit sort of, we stuff all this inside and we don't, we we don't let it out because we're tough and strong and we let it out know. by kicking something in the head yes yes <laughs> <laughs> on that i think we'll hold that because it's one of my favorite things too but yeah no thanks thanks again for your time and um oh, we'll catch pleasure. up again we'll catch up again very soon hopefully all right chris lovely thank you you're listening to kick back with chris the martial arts podcast brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk so a big thanks to Daniel for his time with that interview. Um, very enlightening, and you know, definitely, as I said before, you know, some some good food for thought, really, as instructors and anybody involved with working with the kids. You know, sometimes I think it, you know, as I said on the interview, I think sometimes we do forget the impact, you know, the potential impact that we can have, you know, and when, especially for only seeing these kids, you know, once or twice a week. Um, so yeah. I, Maybe a slightly change in tone to, to the usual interview guests, but you know, nevertheless, very very important message. And um, I'm thankful for for Daniel for his time. And you know, if you're interested in the courses that you're running, be sure to go check out his website. Um, I'll put the link in the in the show notes as always. Um, now we're going to get on straight into our uh, regular weekly. Now, should I say regular weekly? Now that I'm getting my stuff together a bit more, um, our weekly chat with Matthew Chapman. 
So let's get straight into that, and then I'll catch you again on the other side. You're listening to Kickback with Chris, the martial arts podcast, brought to you by www.onlinekicking.co.uk. Okay, guys, so uh, joining me on the phone, as always, uh, slightly ill, (laughs) completely with it, Mr. Matt Chapman. How are you doing, sir? I'm okay, actually. I'm recovering from uh, man flu that nearly killed me. Flu that nearly, nearly killed you? Yeah, nearly killed me. You know, being a man and exaggerating and all that, so I'm okay. okay. All right, so you got a bit of a cold. Yeah, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) Other than man flu that nearly killed you, uh, how's the rest of your week been? Uh, Yeah, it's been good. Um, Been doing a bit of work online, resting up. Uh, Got a couple of seminars this weekend, so that's fun. So yeah, happy times. How about you? I'm good. I've been busy, um, been involved in some film rehearsals, been going along to tournaments to watch stuff. It's just been, yeah, it's been cool. Been been an interesting week. but actually, just on what you said then, nice little tie-in to what we've talked about before. Even though you've been ill, nearly mm. dying of man flu, you've still yeah. been able to you've still been able to still been able to work because of the online stuff. Yeah, well, I have actually. Yeah, I put out um, a seminar that I did the weekend before. Um, it's an interesting idea because I decided to get some guest instructors down, yeah. and they were quite expensive, along with the rental of the hotel and the camera woman and a few admin staff i didn't make any money from the seminar at all mm. i just got to train and hang out and have a good time yeah but been editing the videos together put the videos out and um it, it's, it's sold really well so it's kind of it's kind of good i can do like big seminars now with big names yeah and, uh, I don't have to worry about covering my costs, you know. I can just do it and then make money on the back end from the video sales. So that's, that's so cool. you've you, so as well as making money in your pants, you've been <laughs> able to make money while sniffling with tissues while it's almost just... dying. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> the beauty of the online world. So what were you going to other than talking about your illnesses? What what else were you going to talk about today? Um, I thought, because uh, I've been talking to a lot of people about this recently, talk about the different types of tasks and £10 tasks, £100 tasks and £1,000 tasks that business oh, owners yeah. frequently get caught up in. Yes, I, I yeah, I, I can relate to that big time. Because uh, as business owners, and especially martial artists being control freaks that we are, we tend to do a lot of things in our business that we probably shouldn't do because it's not the best use of our time. And those are generally classified as like 10 pound per hour tasks. So those are things that you could pay someone else to do at 10 pound per hour, but that we just kind of get stuck doing because we just want it done our way, et cetera, et cetera. Things like, you know, ordering belts, picking up belts from the uh, martial arts shop, sorting through belts for gradings, counting them up, counting up certificates, admin, all of that um, cleaning, all of that stuff that, you know, is it, it really shouldn't be our focus as as business owners, but we kind of get stuck doing it. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, okay. How come? What what what, what do you do that a lot, do you? Um, I'm I'm getting better. I am getting better. But what what really struck me the other day? It was it was quite funny actually. <laughs> funny but tragic at the same time. Um, I you know I've um. I'm starting to back off from teaching so much as we've discussed in, in recent episodes. Um, I have paid staff members now and, um, you know, there was a, there was a gap in the training and one of my staff members 
he, he decided he was just going to, which I like, he, you know, he was focusing on his training and keeping himself fit. So he was doing some bag work whilst I was cleaning the windows. <laughs> and one of the parents said, it just stuck his head out the door and he went, can I just ask, why are you standing out there cleaning the windows while she's staff for training inside? And I'm like, do you know what? That's so. Uh, Get outside, you lot. I don't know what's what's going on here. Um, they, they were making a joke of it, but I, I I finished up and I came in and I thought, do you know what? Why am I doing this? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm paying these guys. I'm not paying them to stand and train. Why no. am I cleaning the windows? I should be doing you something else. Swap it, right? You could do some training, look after yourself, come up with some new ideas, some drills um, for your classes, for your online programs, and they should be cleaning the windows for you, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it only took me what two minutes, but this it was the it was ah, hold on, that's the I, thing exactly. It's these little things that only take two minutes, like tidying up the office, like doing the belts, like printing off some certificates that add up throughout the day. And you before you've known it, you you spent two hours doing these these bits, you know. It's true because you know, I've you know, if I if I compare. The, you know potentially what you know what I've made in if I spend a forty five minutes on promoting my online courses or you know other things that I've got going on, yeah you know I can directly see the results of that you know, yes. um whereas I can quite easily waste two hours in the gym um reorganizing uniforms <laughs> into, into order <laughs> and, yeah. uh, counting all my belts uh, yeah. you know making sure the fire extinguishers are straight against the wall and there's no dust yeah. on it stuff like that that yeah. really it, it's not that i'm above it but it's not a good use of my time you know well, you are um, you are above it because you're you're the business owner yeah, you know, okay. you you shouldn't be doing those things. You could you could be doing a hundred pound per hour tasks, which are things more like um, marketing and maybe syllabus design and contacting students um, and catching up with people who you know who haven't been at class, missing in action calls. Those are like hundred pound per hour tasks. So that's a better use of your time. Absolutely, it is. You're right. It's, it's a control thing, isn't it? You know. Um, yeah. Absolutely, it's a control. It's it's a funny one in my head because it's a control thing and it's a discipline thing as well. Because you know, as kids, we had it sort of drilled into us. You know, we go into class and we'd clean the floors before we started, and we tidy up, and then we clean and we tidy it when we finished. You know, yeah. But what was your instructor doing? Exactly, I know, I know, I know. It's it's, it's essentially it was child slave labor, but (laughs) it was dressed up as discipline and respect. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> um but joking aside some of that's carried on now you know i i take pride in looking yes. after my martial arts school but I, I i know i can still do that and give it to somebody and this is a thing i don't i know i don't overly like those jobs but there are people out there that i know really like doing yeah. those jobs yeah I, I can't stand cleaning but i know that there are some people out there that you know, are really sort of OCD about clean, and I don't mean that in a like in a, in a bad way, but they they really no. get pleasure out. They take of pride in it, don't they? Cleaning, going in and seeing it one way, and coming out and seeing it the other way, and I I go in and go, Jesus, how did you get it like that? Um, I could never get it that clean, or you know, whatever. So yeah. I need to sort of let go. Well, what we need to do is stop as business owners, including like everyone, every business owner I know does this, you know, uh, stop focusing on the 10 pound per task 
things. You can make a list of all the things that you, you know, you could pay someone £10 per hour to do and just you just stop doing them. You either delegate them, you delete them, or you pay someone £10 an hour to do those tasks for you. Focus more on the £100, but obviously the biggest goal is to focus on the the £1,000 per hour tasks, which are more like the the bigger um, planning, um, putting into effect marketing, testing, things like that, that, you know, eventually have a massive impact on your business. Yeah, I suppose there's there's an element of discipline in it, isn't there? Because I could see... I could see it being quite easy to go, all oh, right, now I've paid someone, they're going to come and clean. I'll just have a sit and have a cup of coffee and, and <laughs> yes, of course, watch, yeah. watch cat videos on YouTube. <laughs> yes. You know, it all depends how, how, how successful and large you want your business to be, doesn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of martial arts instructors are, are, are very content. You know, they've got 50 to 100 students. That's all they want. You know, it brings in a bit of extra cash. Uh, they do that a couple of nights a week, but that's fine. You know, that's that's, that's absolutely great. But if you want a successful business with, you know, three, four, five hundred members, possible franchises, things like that, and staff to run it for you, then you can't be doing ten pound an hour tasks or watching cat videos and eating biscuits. Every <laughs> just can't do it because it's just it. You know, it just doesn't work. If you think about any other business, you don't. Thinking like someone like Richard Branson, he's probably during the early days of building up like his mega business, he wasn't sitting down and you know watching cat videos, was he? He probably is yeah. now because he's got the billions to live off. He probably but, owns the cat videos. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, with the adverts on that we watch. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so it's like it's just changing your focus. And what I recommend people do is they keep a diary for a day without trying to change their behavior just do what they normally do and just literally write down every single task that you do in the day so now you you get to the gym you have a little tidy up you have a cup of tea you watch a cat video you reorganize the uniforms you twiddle your thumbs you watch some cool kicking stuff on youtube you then uh, order some belts have a chat with you know the person then you go out to the printers and you pick up the certificates and it's like one o'clock you have lunch so literally in that day up until one o'clock all you've done is 10 pound per hour tasks Mm. yeah and then you wonder why your business is not going to grow because you're just doing sort of those lower value tasks all day yeah yeah i Um, think it's 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 it's, it's, i can understand how some people find it difficult because i i have certainly as well sometimes in that you look at it and you think well, why, why would I pay somebody to do that? It's, it's easy. I'll just do it myself. And it's yeah, so easy to do that, isn't it? You know, you look yeah, at it and go... stealing time out of your day, isn't it? Yeah, the each, time, it's the time that's valuable. That's, that's precisely it. It's each, you know, hour you spend dusting your pro shop could have been an hour you could have spent getting your, more students in, planning a marketing activity, calling people who'd missed trials... Uh, calling ex-students who hadn't, you hadn't seen in a long while, uh, learning some business training. You know, it's its stuff that could be better u- used elsewhere. But it's hard, isn't it? And we're like, martial artists, we're like, oh, I'll just do it myself. Mm. And it's such a mistake because it keeps keeps your business small. So I need to write a diary. I need to find just out for exactly. A day. 
what it is that yeah. I'll do with them. But I know what I'll do because I know yeah, I'm writing exactly. a diary. Right to say, don't do I'll, that. <laughs> I'll change my habits intentionally. Yeah, yeah I know. You know, <laughs> I'm one of those weirdos that does that. I will, I will. I know I would for sure. So uh, here's the thing then. How about you look back over today or you'll know you weren't at work today, but uh, one of the days this week where you're actually at work and just go back and look through, you know, what were you doing? How much time did you spend on Facebook? How much time did you spend, like, not, you know, doing the stuff that builds your business, but rather the kind of day-to-day running of the business? Um, If you can swap it out and spend, like, the majority of your time doing stuff that's worth 100 to 1,000 pounds per hour, you will, your businesses grow quick. It's just we have a problem with martial art as martial arts instructors. We don't we don't do it. We just focus on the the small stuff all the time. Yeah, it's a it's a weird one, isn't it? Because you know, I, I we we all do it. We'll say, you know, oh, I I value myself at fifty pounds an hour or seventy five pounds an hour for a private lesson or whatever it is. Yeah, and 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 we'll you know that's and then we'll say, oh, I, you know, I've been to Japan and I've been to Korea and I've been here and I've and I've spent thirty five years doing all this stuff and da, 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 and then we'll quite happily spend an hour sorting belts out you know it's you're thinking well hang on if you value your time per hour for your private tuition as that why yeah. are you then wasting all that time yeah doing that because like you know? you know, we're, we're such perfectionists because you have to be a bit of a perfectionist to really do martial arts for a long time because you really have to get into depth and get things right it might be that we think other people can't do the job as well as us and yeah. that might be, might be true however 80 percent as good as us is as good as is going to get no one's ever going to do your belts exactly the way you want them done because it's not their business and they're not invested in it like you so 80 percent as good is fine so you got to let let that go you know that it's not they're not going to do it 100 percent as good as you of course they're not it's not their business it's not their passion it's not their obsession like it is yours 80 percent is good enough i guarantee you any, anybody can clean the toilets better than i can yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs> anyone <laughs> you know um i think i think most wives out there would say that of their husbands really you know we don't there's cleaning and then there's actually cleaning them oh uh, yeah I'm, I'm shocking my missus poor missus has to put up with my attempts at like doing the dishwasher where it's only yeah. half done and you know doing the washing and it's only half done and yeah it's yeah it's difficult yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, and I, I get it. I'm there as well. Totally there. You know, I say I can't see the dirt. Therefore, it's not there. True. It's well, like bins, right? I don't bother open emptying the bin until it's literally yeah. exploding out the bin. She's <laughs> like, then there's, a, then there's a point to emptying it. Absolutely, there's no more space in it. You know, yeah. if, I, if I can't see the dirt, why clean it? Exactly. Yes, it's blown apparently, 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 because it's there. Anyway. Let's not go down this one. I'll probably start. <laughs> we'll get complaints on the emails. Okay, Chris, yeah. um, but you're right about like certain things. I mean, I, I, I hate admin. And uh, yeah. at one point, I um, employed a woman to do the admin at my martial arts school. And she loved it. I mean, she just loved the lists and the details and ticking everything off and not missing a single digit. You know, she she loved it. She took pride in it. So you know, why would I spend time doing something I hate that I could pay someone else to do £10 an hour so I can focus on bigger things? Absolutely right. And that's what I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to make this, I'm going to, here we go. Uh, uh, what's it called? Accountability. Oh, here we go. I'm going to start. I'm going to pick something from tomorrow and I'm going to delegate that task. 
I'll, gonna, I'll check up on you then. I'm going to. And I'm going to say that it's going to be cleaning the gym. Cool. Yeah. I'm going to find somebody to clean it. I don't know how many times a week it would need, but anything's probably better than me. <laughs> yeah, do you know in like ancient Japan, like the students obviously had to clean the gym? Yes. They also had to clean their instructor in the bath afterwards. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> All right. Okay. <laughs> that might be a step too far. Yeah, that, that 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 that's yeah, that's probably grounds for losing the business, isn't it? Uh, that's... Well, on that slightly on that slightly bizarre note, um, <laughs> if 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 that was your way of opening for offers, I don't know. I'm I'm you know, but I'm 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 all set for that. Um, I don't. Well, I'm not all set for it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> just, get, just get just get your gym cleaned. Get some of the yeah. gym here. Start with the gym but, and we'll go from there. But you've got to promise me you're not going to then watch cat videos while we're cleaning the gym. No, you're going to have I'm, to do something else. That's I'm, no, no, no. I'll make I'll make kicking videos for cats. No, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> <Okay. is it? laughs> doesn't involve kicking any cats. No, no. I'll, I will. I'll. 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 Instead, of, I will do. Um, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm, the first thing I'm going to do is finish the book that you recommended to me um, okay. and everybody else about um, copy. Yes. Okay. Cool. That's that's a good. That's a good hundred pound per hour task because it's education that will improve your business because you'll be able to write better adverts. So that's good. Or become more efficient at writing adverts that annoy people. Uh, but... right. yeah. <laughs> that's part of, part of learning, isn't it? Absolutely. But no, thank you. It's a uh, pleasure as always to have a chat. Uh, I hope you're feeling better next time round. Thank you, mate. And that you don't nearly die or anything again. That was not well. If I die, you know, this will be my last one. So see you later, folks. <laughs> all right well on there we'll finish it up um and uh, we'll catch you next time cheers mate bye bye now. enjoy our podcast please remember to subscribe rate and review kick back with chris on itunes today thank you to matt as always for imparting his wisdom on us all um bit of a bit of a fun one today that one was you know uh, it's really cool the uh, the feedback we get about this particular segment and uh, it was one of the reasons why i decided to do the youtube version as well so if you've not not already checked that out i think the links are in the facebook group for kickback with chris the martial arts podcast uh, and this section we've actually taken now and we're doing like a, a youtube series of it as well so if there's any of the previous um, chats that we've had that you want to revisit without having to kind of sieve through all the other content in the podcast you can go over to the youtube account so where you know you can not only listen to us now you can also see us at the same time so a feast of visual delights um maybe not but yeah you can go and check that out um over at the facebook group as i say should be weekly now and you can share it like it subscribe and all that youtube stuff and i'm starting to get to grips with a little bit but um on the subject of sharing and reviewing and rating and all that please 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 do make sure if you're a regular listener or indeed if it's your first time listening or if you're some someone that just pops along every so often just to check in with what's going on please do remember to like rate review and all that stuff over at itunes because it does i know i go on about it a lot but it really really does help us to to reach a, a wider market and more people so we can share this with more people and it helps us to grow and you know reach a bigger audience which in turn helps us to provide you with more more guests and more variety and uh, keep us keep us going so yeah please do get involved with that one 
So another new way that you could get involved with helping to support the podcast is our friends over at A1 Fight Gear uh, very kindly um, set up an affiliate scheme, whereas if if you go through the link that we'll post in the show notes and on our Facebook group um, and buy any of their kit, they'll actually give us a kickback, uh, no pun intended, uh, you know, uh, sort of an, as an affiliate system. So, you know, if, you, if you're already going there to, to buy this, or indeed if you're interested in checking out the, the awesome lines of, uh, of kit that they do, uh, if you go through the link that I'll post in the show notes or in the Facebook group, um, then anything that you buy, which doesn't affect your price at all, um, we will get a certain percentage of that back. So it's sort of an indi- indirect way of, of helping us out. You know, if you uh, if you're already buying stuff through them, then if you go through that link, then it's going to help us out and it'll make absolutely no difference to the cost of the stuff that you're you're buying already. Uh, if you haven't already gone and checked out their kit, I'm just going to actually click on the link now whilst I'm looking at it just to see the sort of stuff that they're doing. Um, as it would happen, they actually have a sale on as well. So, you know, what better time you can save money in the sale and help us at the same time. So they've got, uh, as, as always, they have a good range of stuff on there. You know, your sparring kit, your rush guards, everything. So, yeah, do go check it out. Um, some really nice stuff on there. Um, all them actually, some of my favorite colors as well uh, i like the the black red and red and white so definitely the sort of stuff that i'd love to have in my school as well because uh, i'm a funny one. if you're like me i like everything color coordinated matching as well so if you're a, if you're a little bit like me with the, the, the red white and black there's some kit on here that'll that'll suit you guys down to the ground so yeah go go check it out uh it's a1 fight gear i am gonna post the link in the show notes and also um i'll as i say i'll, I'll put it on the facebook group as well um, so, uh, coming up in next week's episode, we have an interview with Mr. Ivan Rolls, who's going to be on talking about his new project, um, Bullets of Black Belt, which is all, as the, as the name would suggest, it's all about um, promoting anti-bullying within martial arts. And as well as that, um, talking about his new system that actually he's put in place to help martial arts school owners and instructors and provide bullying courses uh, to their students and to schools and, and you know, uh, helping to raise awareness about good anti-bullying messages. So um, be sure to check that one out next week. Um, as always, I will be on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram and all those social media things. So please do jump on board with that, uh, giving you guys constant updates. And um, yeah, have a great rest of your week, whatever it is you're doing. Hopefully a nice sunny weekend for you if you listen to this end of this week. And I'll, I'll catch up with you again next week. Enjoy our podcast? Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Kickback with Chris on iTunes today.